James chapter number one. Uh, we're going to get started this morning. Um, love that song. Um, I'm a big person about words. It can have a great tune, but if it doesn't have good words, it's really not a great song. And so I love that those words are rich um, and, and biblical and scriptural in all ways. And so I'm excited about um, the fact that we can worship him in spirit and in truth. And so James chapter number one, if you're not familiar where the book of James is, um, it, it's going to be kind of hard for me to describe uh, exactly where you need to get, but it's in your New Testament. It's towards the back of the New Testament, and so uh, Hebrews is right before it. Uh, so if you get to Hebrews, then keep on going, you'll get to James. James chapter number one, if you didn't bring your Bible, that's okay. We're going to put it right on the screen. And if you're watching online right now, what I want you to do is hit that share button, okay? Go ahead and share. Uh, there's a, this is a message specifically uh, about Father's Day, but not just to the fathers. Uh, it is helpful for all of us uh, in, in the fact that we have a Heavenly Father. Uh, and so if you're watching on Facebook right now, go ahead and hit that share button, and let's get as many people to hear the word as we can. So James chapter number 1, if you're looking in your Bible or looking up on the screen and you're there, say, I'm there. Here we go, we'll read one verse and then we'll get started. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. We'll read it one more time. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for what we are celebrating today. This is, this is, this is, just, this is a, a, a holiday that's just on the calendar, Lord God, but it's a, a day for us to, to show appreciation and love uh, uh, for our fathers. Uh, and Lord God, I'm thankful as a father and, and what that means and the responsibility that comes along with it. Uh, but Lord God, I'm more thankful, not just from the standpoint that I, I am a father from the standpoint of an earthly sense, but I'm thankful we have a Heavenly Father. And so, Lord God, today as we, as we celebrate Father's Day, Lord God, I pray that, one, that we would become better fathers uh, in an earthly way, but more importantly of all, Lord God, that we'd see you as our Heavenly Father and see what you want to do in our lives as well. Lord God, we need you right now. I need you right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can go be seated. You may go and be seated, all right? So uh, if you're taking notes, the title of the message today is Father's Day Gifts from Your Heavenly Father. Father's Day Gifts from Your Heavenly Father, okay? So, so uh, if you're a father, uh, hopefully you at least got a text message, a card, or something <laughs> this morning. Uh, maybe you got a gift, maybe you didn't, but we're going to look at some Father's Day gifts from our Heavenly Father. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about uh, fatherhood and being a dad and all that kind of stuff, the first thing I think about is, you know what, what we're really good at. What are dads really good at? And I think one of the best things we're good at is telling jokes. Would you agree? Say Amen. I mean, I think so. I think dads are really good at telling jokes. And so I just want to share some dad jokes with you. I don't know why we classify them as dad jokes. We should just classify them as funny jokes because that's what they are. Okay, never mind. All right, here we go. And so I just want to share with you some things. I looked online, and, and, and what I did is, and I, this will be kind of telling you myself, I only, I'm sharing the ones that I laughed at myself. So I think these are truly funny. So here we go. First one. I like telling dad jokes. Sometimes he laughs. Okay. Some of y'all got that, maybe? No, dad jokes. Dad. Okay, all right. all right, here we go. Wow, already, it's the first one. Gotcha. All right, my daughter screeched. Dad, you haven't listened to one word I've said, have you? 
And I thought to myself, what a strange way to start a conversation with me. Want to hear a joke about construction? I'm still working on it. Yeah. My wife said, why don't we leave Anthony in the drum booth for these? Okay. Why do you never see elephants, elephants hiding in trees? Because they're so good at it. Hey, never mind, all right? My boss told me to have a good day, so I went home. <laughs> I think this one's funny. We'll see. My friend says to me, what rhymes with orange? And I told him, no, it doesn't. What rhymes with orange? Never mind. Okay. All right. My wife told me I had to stop acting like a flamingo, so I had to put my foot down. Last one. <laughs> You're like, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Here we go. After dinner, my wife asked me if I could clear the table. I needed a running start, but I made it. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought that was the funniest one of all. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, clear the table, just one second. <laughs> Never mind, okay. So, <laughs> and we'll see if we'll do that for the second service. Here we go. All right, I just want to have a little fun. Was that, was that, it was awkward, but it was, it was still fun at my expense, right? Never mind, okay. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Let's get in the message a little bit. Okay, so there are a few times in the scripture where, um, uh, the scripture points out a comparison between a heavenly father and a, uh, excuse me, between an earthly father and a heavenly father. And so we're going to look at that today. We're going to look at a couple different areas of scripture where there's a comparison between earthly fathers and heavenly fathers. Basically, like an earthly father is, so is your heavenly father, okay? Now, how, what are we going to take from this? There's a couple ways we can look at that from that perspective. One is, um, if, 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 if an earthly father is like in the heavenly father, that gives us, uh, uh, from the standpoint of what we need to strive to be as earthly fathers. Another way we can look at this is that we have an example in God of how to be an earthly father, or on the other side of it, understand who the heavenly father is to us and who he is and what he does. Okay, so that's what we're going to kind of look at. Now, I'm not an expert in fatherhood. I haven't found anybody who's an expert in fatherhood, okay? I, I, there are things in my, in, my, in my journey as a dad that, that I've, I have some sense of pride because I feel like I, I did a pretty good job in those areas. But honestly, if I'm being completely honest, there's a lot of areas in my life that I look back on and I regret the way I was as a dad. Can I, would any of the dads relate to me that there's, and, and when you look back and, and as being a father and being a dad, that there's some regrets? Am I the only one? Say amen. Okay. So there are some things. There's some regrets that I have. There's some things that I could do better. But here's what we want to do. I believe God wants to, wants to give us some gifts this Father's Day to help us all. And the reason why I want everybody to kind of key in on this, there are some things that are specifically for dads today. But there are some things specifically for all of us that we need to understand we have a Heavenly Father that loves us and cares for us. So we're going to talk about three gifts from your Heavenly Father. Three gifts from your Heavenly Father. Okay, number one, if you're taking notes. Number one, the first, first, first gift we're going to see is His compassion. His compassion. Let's look at Psalm 103, 13. Psalm 103, 13. It says, like as a father pitieth his child, okay, like as a father, earthly father, pitieth his child, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Now, that word pitieth means to feel pain or grief for one in distress, to have sympathy for, to compassionate, okay, to have compassion for, to have tender feelings for one, 
and, and also it says excited by his unhappiness. Not like in a joyful way, but just from the standpoint gets moving because of unhappiness that's going on. So his compassion, like a father, we'll look at it this way. Like as a father has compassion to his children, so the Lord has compassion to them that fear him. Now let's talk about that just a little bit. If I'm being completely honest, I think dads, we struggle in this area of showing compassion. All right? Because I, I'm, I'm raising boys. Anybody else raising boys? Raise your hand. Raising boys. Or did raise a boy, okay? Hey, here's what I'm looking at. I'm, 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 not, I'm not raising a boy as much as I'm trying to raise a man. And so my thing is, is that, hey, you know, if they, if they hurt themselves or whatever, I say, get up, shake it off, let's keep on going, right? Uh, I, I got to share this story, and, 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 and it, it's kind of a bad story because of how I, how I was excited about this one moment. But me and Riley went on a bike ride several years ago. Riley, you remember this? Okay. <laughs> went on a bike ride. And I thought, hey, it'd be fun to go on a bike ride, but it's not always a great idea to go on a bike ride after it rains, and so we, ran, we, we were driving, riding around the streets, going on a bike ride, all kinds of stuff. So we go down a hill, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, just, 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 we're going down this hill. It's a little wet. Be careful. Here's go. We, we, I, I'll let him lead. That's probably not a good idea either. Okay, I'll let him lead. He goes down there, and he goes over the handlebars and, and, and takes, takes the, the, the concrete with his chin. Now, where's the sense of pride in me? That boy got up. <laughs> Now, when he got up, I was like, oh, no, your mom's going to kill me. <laughs> what is going on here? Because it is like he got up, but the blood just kept on streaming down his chin like that. Thankfully, there are some people that, that actually um, actually go, go, go to Temple. We, we, we found that out later on. But they saw him like, hey, can we, like, put the bike in the back of our truck and drive you home? I'm like, thank you. Please do that. <laughs> All right? Uh, and so Riley still has a scar to this day because of that. As he's gotten older, though, it's kind of moved down below, right? So Riley's like, please don't tell him about my scars, all right? But in that very moment, I was just like, I wasn't so much, so much looking at, oh, I need to, to, to take care of him and, and, and I hope he's okay and all that kind of stuff. I was like, he got up. And so, so many times, if I'm being honest, like so many times when it comes to my kids, I'm like, I'm like, suck it up, let's get going, let's do this, all that kind of stuff. And I have very, very little compassion for my kids. But according to this verse, like unto like like that we should show compassion for our kids, and so as a way that also the Lord shows compassion on us. And so I look at it going, man, this is an area to where I need to do a better job because I struggle. I struggle showing compassion. I mean, if, if they have a problem, like if they can't do something, I have very little compassion for them. I'm like, you know, suck it up, do it, whatever, all that kind of stuff. But it, but according to this verse, we're supposed to be compassionate as fathers. Can I get an amen? Okay? Because he's a good example. He's showing compassion. Because here's what we're going to Let's look at the Heavenly Father. Are you glad the Heavenly Father shows compassion on you? Because let's be honest. As much as, as much as I can point out to a certain degree, and I'm bad about this, uh, sometimes when, when it comes to our kids, we're looking for all the ways they're doing things wrong, not necessarily what they're doing right. But yet when we make a wrong, we go to God and say, please have compassion on me, Right? We want him to have compassion and forgiveness, but yet do we do that same thing with our own kids? But thankfully, what I'm looking at is going, man, man, we have a heavenly father that shows compassion, that shows tenderness. I was thinking about that, this, thinking about this, this morning. Is, is one thing, the fact about dads, why we need to show a little bit more compassion, a little bit more tenderness, is because one day my boys are going to get married. And I don't want them to treat their, I don't want them to treat their wives like I treated them, right? 
Because there needs to be a level of tenderness, right? There needs to be a level of tenderness. And so that's the first gift, is that he can show us, or his first gift, he gives, he gives us his compassion, right? He gives us his tenderness. Now, before I go on to the ne- next thing about, about fathering and stuff like that, here's the thing about not being an expert in fatherhood. Is here's what happens. One is, the way you, you parent is largely determined by two things. One is, is how you were parented. Okay, if what, fathers, some of the fathering stuff you do is because your father did it with you. It becomes natural because that's what you saw. That's what you picked up. That's what you, okay, all right. So there's that one side. The other side is, is there's some things in your childhood that you like, man, I wish my dad had done this. I wish my dad had done that. And so what you're doing is you're now doing something different because your dad maybe didn't do something else. But really from the standpoint of natural, it's either what you saw or from the standpoint of you're trying hard not to do but again what is to come back from the same point of natural the reason why i'm not very compassionate is and i'm not trying to say this in an ugly way towards my dad but my dad didn't show a lot of compassion to me and so my natural tendency is to just do that same thing or from the standpoint of if i try to be more compassionate and even if i'm not like seriously thinking about it have you ever have you ever noticed that sometimes you do things when you don't think and it's just like where did that come from it's because it was already in you like that just came out right like, if you, if you lack compassion, it's because probably that's what you were shown, and so that's what's natural to you, and then you have to make a concerted effort to show compassion. And so from this area, and, and like I said, some of these areas I think we do really good at, and some of these areas we struggle in. But, but the one thing from the same point of the gift that our Heavenly Father wants to give to us is the compassion He has for us, and then in turn we need to show that compassion to our kids as well, as dads, all right? And as, as, as everybody else too, right? All right, number two. Number two, not only his compassion, but his correction. His correction. Let's look at Hebrews 12. Let's look at Hebrews 12. It says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Now, the word chasten means to correct by punishment, to punish or afflict pain for the purpose of reclaiming an offender, to chasten a son with a rod, okay? For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And scourges, that word scourge means to punish with severity, okay? to chastise, to afflict, afflict for sins or faults and with the purpose of correction, scourges every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with what? Sons. For, we, for what son, look at this, for what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? If you be without chastisement, chastisement, whereof all are partakers, Okay, so we, we all, we all but the word, part, the word partake means to uh, one who takes part or shares a portion of in common with others, okay? We all, we all are partakers of God's uh, chastisement, right? Then are, ba- uh, then are you bastards and not son? That word bastard means illegitimate, okay? Basically, the, the, the definition is a child begotten and born out of wedlock, okay? And so illegitimate, they're not sons or, from that standpoint. Verse 9, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us. Now, here's a comparison with fathers, earthly fathers, which corrected us, and we gave them what? Reverence. We gave them, rever- we gave them respect. When our fathers of our flesh corrected us, we gave them respect. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the, what's that, is that a, a lowercase or a capital? Capital letter, father of spirits and live. For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. That's not from the standpoint of saying, like, because they were happy about it. It's from the standpoint of just doing what they thought was right. But he, for our profit, that we may, might be partakers of his holiness. 
that we might be partakers of his what? Holiness. Now, no chastising for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Now, let's talk about this from the standpoint of dads, earthly dads. Now, here's, here's the thing about correction when it comes to earthly dads. Some of us are too good at it. Does that make sense? We're too good at it. We're, we're, we're from the standpoint that we're always looking, like I said before, we're looking for a wrong, not for a right, and we're looking for how we can correct, 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 correct. On the other side, some of us are not good enough at it. We don't correct at all, right? Uh, th- this whole thing of like, well, you know, my, my, my parents corrected me, so I'm not going to correct my kids. I'm going to let them do what they want to do. They'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll figure out how to be heathens. Can I get an amen? That's what they'll do. <laughs> that's what they'll figure out. If you never correct them, that's what's going to happen. They're going to figure out how to be heathens. So there is a level of correctness, but there's a place of balance, right? Right? So there's the correction that needs to happen, okay? We need to do that, but, but there also is a place to where we can correct so much. Literally, I had, I had somebody that had this conversation with me, that, and it wasn't me, and I hope my kids don't feel this way, and if they do, they need to tell me. But literally, there was conversations about how that a kid never felt like they could do anything right because every single time the dad was trying to say, do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that. Or the mom was saying, do this, do that, do that, do that. And I want, I think it's good for us to keep our, to hold our kids to a high standard because I think they need to work hard and they need to do things and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes, let's be honest, our standard is way too high. Here's another thing, dads, and I'm guilty of this. Sometimes we hold our kids to a higher standard than who? Ourselves. And so we have this level that we're going to correct, 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 but yet in the, and when we look at it, okay, I'm correcting all the time, but how many times am I correcting myself? Or on the other side, I don't want to correct at all. I don't want to correct at all, but again, and I'm not trying to be the ugly way, but kids left to their own are not going to do good things. Because let's be honest, if you're left to your own, you're not going to do good things, Right? And so there's a level of correct, but but so from but what's the example? What's the example that we can see from God here is that look, there is a purpose in correction. A couple things that we can see from the example of the heavenly Father. Okay, but verse six: for the Lord loveth, for, for whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. So correction is out of a place of love. All right. Also, some things we can look at and say, you know, that basically that, that hey, the, the, the reason why we, we, we do this correction is because we care, because they are our sons and we want to do that. And then, two, this is kind of interesting from the standpoint of what, what, what are we trying to do in our correction is to get reverence or respect, all right? And then also from the standpoint, I think this is interesting, is that, look, that what we need to understand is that sometimes we're doing the best we can. Have you ever figured out, why did they not come with a manual? Anybody ever wonder about that? Like, why did the, why did the, if, 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 if I, if, when they got, when I brought my kids home, if they had just said, hey, here's the manual for, for raising Riley Jackson, and here's the manual, when I got Ty, here's the manual for raising Ty Jackson, that would have made things a whole lot easier. Can I get an amen? <laughs> That'd be a whole lot easier. If they just give me that manual, then I wouldn't have, but here's the deal. Guess what? Guess what? We're all trying to figure this out, right? Here's the thing I'll tell, I'll tell all the kids and all the teenagers in here. If you think your dad messed up from the standpoint of correction, guess what? He was learning just like you were. 
Again, there's things I look back on my life and go, man, I I, I wish I hadn't done that. But because I did did it that way, I was like, oh. Now, now no chastising for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Now, I'll be honest with you about this. Sometimes I've corrected my children out of anger. Because I got angry. And so I was more angry at them, so, so I, I, I put the correction on them because of my anger. And so from the standpoint of, of the seem as joyous but as grievous, there were times where because I was angry, I took it out on them. And I shouldn't have done that. And notice this, that what, but when we do it in the right way, what comes? The peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. That Look, what, what we're trying to do, this is great. When we're correcting our kids, what are we trying to do? We're trying to bring some peace to the home. Trying to bring peace. Now that's from the stand from the earthly fathers. Let's talk about our heavenly father. Because nobody likes correction. Can I get an amen? Nobody likes correction. My kids have never been like, please, daddy. Please, daddy, whoop me. <laughs> please do this, daddy. Please whoop me. I need it. Like, give me some extra, daddy. <laughs> never once have I heard that, ever. It's like, mercy, give me mercy. But on the other side of it, okay, as, as earthly fathers, we have a son, but as, but, but as a heavenly father, we are sons and daughters, right? And sometimes the heavenly father has to correct us. Now, we don't like that. Can I get to know me? I don't like that. I don't like that. If I'm being completely honest, the first thing from my mind is he loves me. The first thing from my mind is like, hey, he's, he's worthy of it. The furthest thing in my mind is that he's trying to make me holy, like he is holy, okay? But yet, God has a purpose in his correction. He's showing his love. He's showing from the standpoint of, of bringing us to a place of, hey, if you would show reverence to an earthly father, you, would show, you should show that much more reverence to me as your heavenly father. Also from the standpoint is that God wants you to be a partaker, to be, have part in his holiness. In his holiness. Now, are we ever going to reach that, that pinnacle? No. But he wants us to be like him. And so he's bringing us in correction of those kind of things. And then, too, from the standpoint of if he's bringing correction in my life, it's because he's trying to do something for me. He wants something good out of my life, not something harmful. But when God's correcting me, I'm like, God, why are you doing this? And here's what we need to do. When God is correcting us, say, why are we doing this? We need to go to Hebrews 12 and say, okay, that's why he's doing it. He loves us. He cares for us, okay? And again, from the standpoint of earthly fathers, even though I haven't always got it right, even though I haven't always got it right, I do have a purpose and a reason for what I'm trying to accomplish in them. I want them to be productive, nice, kind, wonderful people, productive citizens, right? Okay, that's what I want. And here's the deal. When God corrects us, he wants things for us too. He wants things not just from us, but he wants things for us. All right, last, last, last gift that he's wanted to give us. Here we go. Not only his compassion, not only his correction, but number three, his generosity. Number three, his generosity. And this one's kind of interesting because I think in some way, shape, or form, we, we, we kind of mess this up because we miss the most important thing, what God's trying to do when he gives us something, his generosity. Luke 11, Luke 11 says, I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Like, I like the way these verses are going. Like, this is awesome. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. 
If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he, if he ask him an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Now, before, there's some nuggets there that we may have just missed, but let's kind of go from the standpoint of a dad, and then we'll look at the example of what we have here from the standpoint of the heavenly Father. His generosity, his generosity. Now, I don't think there's very many dads that have a problem giving things to their kids. I don't think that. Maybe I'm wrong about that. From the same way. Now, granted, you may be limited on what you can give, but you want to give things to your kids. Can I get an amen on that one? You want to give things to your kids. Now, the problem is, is that, and it, here, let me say it. So there's one side of it that we want to give our kids things. Another side of it is that our kids want a lot of things. Can I get an amen? Okay. Right, here's what I figured out. My kids' want list is always going to be longer than my bank account balance. <laughs> Okay, all the time. I, I don't know if maybe maybe this doesn't happen in your household, but it's all the time. Hey, I want this. Hey, I want that. Hey, I'd love to have this. I'd love to have that. Want, 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 want. Am I the only one who has that kind of kind of situation going on? Okay, all right. Uh, even now, now, I know you got adult children now, Galloways. But when you when they were kids, there was probably like, a, I want this. I want that. I want this. Plus, so you know what you know what ruins it? Hey, so and so got that, <laughs> and so and so got this. So because so-and-so got that, I didn't know I wanted that until so-and-so got that. Now I want that because so-and-so's got it, and I don't, right? No, that never happens, right? That never happens, right? Okay? Riley's about to turn 15. We're talking about cars, and I can't tell you how many cars he wants based upon everybody else's car that they already got. I'm like, ah! And so we look at this verse, and we go, man, this is great. Like, as, a, as, a, as an earthly father, man, if the kids ask for it, we better give it to them. And what's happened in our society, and here's what I'll, I'll, I'll notice. Every single generation wants to give to their kids more than what they got themselves. My mom is one of seven. My mom is one of seven. They did not grow up in any way, shape, or form with any kind of money. My mom would tell me about things when she was in, like, for, for Christmas, they got a doll, and for their birthday, they got fruit. Okay? It was a big deal when they got RC Cola and a moon pie on a Friday night. Okay? How many of y'all want a moon pie now, right? RC Cola and a moon pie. And then so, so what happens is, is okay, my mom didn't, didn't get a lot of stuff. So when I come along, then she wants to give me that much more. And then when my kids come along, I want to give my, what, what I didn't get as a kid, now I want to give to my kids. Well, guess what? Now that my kids had a little bit more than what I had, then, then they're going to have kids, and they're going to want to do the same thing, and then we're going to have a bunch of spoiled brats. Can I get an amen? <laughs> because, we, because if they ask for it, we must have to give it. We must worship at the altar of whatever our kids want. And so from the standpoint of being generous, and here's what happens too, is we've, we're generous, but we're generous with the wrong things. Now, here's how I'm going to explain that a little bit. Because I want you to see in this verse what happens, because some of y'all didn't, didn't pick it up, okay? Because we say, you know, because we'll, we'll, we'll claim, verse 9, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. If I ask, if I seek, if I knock, by golly, I get it. But notice in verse 13, let's drop down to verse 13. If you then, being evil, we'll talk about that in just a minute, Know how to give good gifts unto your children. 
How much more shall your heavenly Father give what? The Holy Spirit to them that ask Him. Now here's what's interesting about this. Everybody wants to take 9 and 10 and say, if I ask for it, I get it. But let me help you with this. From the standpoint of what they asked for versus what they got may be slightly different. Because here's what's interesting about, about, about kids and all that kind of stuff. What they ask for may be what they want, but what we really need to do as parents is not give them what they want, but what they what? Need. When we look at this and go, well, here's what's going on. Asking you, sh- asking you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knocking it shall be opened unto you. And we may take those verses and say, hey, I can ask for anything and everything. When in reality, the only thing that he's talking about, the gift he wants to give to us as believers, is the Holy Spirit. So we, we, we said we want all these things, God. But, but even from this standpoint, you want to name and claim the, the verse 9 and verse 10 when in reality the purpose behind that whole entire section of Scripture is not that they would get what they want, but that they get what they need. And so there's times, let me help, help with this, and I've been learning this too, there are times as fathers that the best thing we can do is not give their kids what they want. And our kids don't understand that. And here's what's the problem. We're looking for a buddy. We're looking for a friend, right? We're looking for somebody that, hey, if, if, if I, I that here's, here's, I'm going to try to say this in the a, in a, in a most positive way I can because I've even seen that even in my own life, that let me help you with this. You can't buy love. You can't buy love. Because here's what, here, here's what I figured out you can't buy love. Ask your kid what they got for Christmas two years ago. They can't tell you. <laughs> they don't remember, Okay. Now, I'm not saying you don't give your kids Christmas gifts. That would be mean, okay? <laughs> give your kids Christmas gifts. But to think that, hey, if we give all these things to our kids, that means they'll love us more. No, here's the deal. If, if we give them all these things, all they'll do is they'll take advantage of us more. They'll have a, more of a li- life that they take us for granted instead of appreciating us, right? And so we look at this going, okay, we're, like his generosity, that, that when God gives us, and I'll, let's go, go from the Heavenly Father part of it, is that when God gives us things and we say, hey, God, I need you to do this, I need you this, I need you this, and then in return we get something totally different, that doesn't mean that God's less generous. It means that he gave us what we needed, not so much what we wanted. Now here's what's interesting about this. Here's what's interesting in this, because I want you all to see this. Verse 13 if ye, talking about, talking about people, if ye then, what's that next two words? Being evil. Being evil. Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Now here's what's interesting about this, is that look, we, we want to we think about how great and wonderful we are, when in reality what He's saying, look, we're just evil. We're evil people from the standpoint of like, we give good gifts and we're evil. So, and here's what, here's what I'm trying to tell you about that. In comparison to God, God is holy, righteous, and wonderful. And in comparison to God, guess what? We're, every single time we're going to look what? Evil. Evil. And so when we look, compare it, because here's what happens. I'm so glad, I'm so glad, even though I don't say, I don't feel this way, I know this, is that I'm so glad that God doesn't, doesn't give gifts like I would give gifts. Because sometimes, if I'm being honest, I give gifts out of either, either from the standpoint of a wrong motive or, or selfish desire or, you know, how many times have you ever done this? you ever given a gift to somebody that you knew they wouldn't want so they give it to you so you can use it yourself? Never mind. 
that's bad. That's bad. Don't do that. Okay? All right? Like, like give, give, like, that's like giving your wife a vacuum cleaner. Don't do that. All right? Like, give yourself a vacuum cleaner, and you start using the vacuum. All right, there we go. Look, but here we go. God, holy, righteous, wonderful, us, evil. And so anything we look at from the comparison of what God gives to us, we're going to always have a, a weird viewpoint of that. But if we look at it from the standpoint, okay, anything God gives me, he's holy, he's righteous, he's wonderful, he knows exactly what he's doing. Anything I would give, obviously, from the standpoint of who I am and the, and the frailty, the sinner I am to do that, that anything that comes from God is a good gift. Can I get an amen on that? Okay? So here we go. Three gifts. Three gifts. From the standpoint of where we are as fathers, okay? His compassion, okay? His compassion, that, 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 hey, God wants to give us his compassion so that we can, and I got to say it this way. I got to say it this way. And I'm not, I, I want to be careful how I say this because heaven forbid he's watching, okay? <clears throat> but there are situations in my life where I look at it and go, hey, I wish my dad was this. I wish my dad had done that. I wish my dad had done this. And I'll only tell you this. I wish my dad a happy Father's Day. We're going to go on vacation with him next month. I'd love that, okay? But there are some things I look back on my childhood and I wish my dad had done this or done that or done this or done that. It's just reality, okay? Not to say he was a bad father. And there's the thing. Honestly, he was doing the best he could. And here's the deal. My dad, and I've heard it before, my dad was a product of his dad and his dad was a product of his dad. His product was a product of his dad, okay? And again, I'm not saying I have a bad dad. Hey, my, my dad is, has been incredibly generous, incredibly kind, and, and, but there were some things in my childhood that I missed out on, in my opinion, because I wanted, and here's what I want to help you with. What you give your kids, the most important thing you can give your kids is you. It's your presence. Like I know, and I'm, I, I, know, I know your kids at this moment, they're probably saying, I want this, 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 and this. And every time you tell them no, they get disappointed, 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 disappointed. But later on in life, they're going to realize, hey, dad was there. And I'm saying that from experience, guys. My parents got divorced when I was, fi- when I was five years old. My dad, moved, my, my dad moved 45 minutes away, two hours away, 10 hours away. He, he, and and he, he provided for me, and, and he had a career and all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, for me, personally, if he was at more ball games, if he was at more, more uh, performances, if he was more, that would have been a much bigger deal to me than what he gave me in the process over the years. So your presence really does matter. Let me, let me say that from the Heavenly Father side of it, that guess what? His presence really does matter. But what I'm trying to say on this whole deal is, regardless of how you are doing as a father, regardless of how the father you had, is that once you take comfort in the fact that, look, your heavenly father, your heavenly father is a perfect father, a wonderful father. Like, he never makes a mistake. He never has regrets. He always gets it right. And so anything we can get from our Heavenly Father, even if our earthly father comes up short or we as earthly fathers come up short, what the, what the joy and the excitement is is not from the standpoint of what our fathers did or didn't do or from the standpoint of what we did or didn't do. The excitement comes from the fact that what the Heavenly Father has already done for us. Can I get an amen? So it's His compassion, His correction, His generosity. And, 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 let me, and I want to say it this way. Let that motivate you as a dad. 
not from the standpoint of what your dad was or was not. What motivates you as a dad, what I want to motivate you as a dad, is what your heavenly father can give to you. The gifts he has for you, his compassion, his correction, and his generosity. Let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand. <clears throat> this is a very invitation. This is a very invitation. And I want to talk to, to I want to talk to to really three different groups of people. One, um, if you're an unsaved dad, if you're a dad that has not put their faith and trust in Jesus, you cannot be a good father without the Heavenly Father. Period. You cannot be a good father without having the Heavenly Father. For all my saved dads in here, you put your faith and trust in Jesus. You need God the Father to guide you in what a good father should be. Look at this. Here's the deal. Because you're evil. Since you are incapable of it on your own. Like that's what I think. So many times I, I, I get so caught up, man, man, I did this, I did that, all that kind of stuff. You are incapable of being a good father because you're evil. <laughs> I'm not trying to say it in an ugly way. I'm just saying you're, the only way you're going to be a good father is with his help, not trying to do it on your own. And so how many times as fathers do we just need, instead of us saying, hey, because I'm a thinker, I'm a fixer, I'm a worker, okay, I've I got to do this different with my kids, this different with my kids, this different with my kids. What if we did this? Hey, God, what do I need to do with my kids? Roger Hood, where you at, man? Roger Hood right here. He, he is, he is one, one, of my, one of my biggest prayer warriors. I love you, Roger. I really do, sincerely. Um, and, and he talks to me. He says he prays for me. He prays for my family. He prays for me for, to have wisdom. As a, as, as a husband and as a father, and if I'm being completely honest, sometimes the last place I go for wisdom on how to be a good dad is not to my heavenly father. I either, and I'm a prideful man here, I'm just saying you, okay? I say, I can figure this out. <laughs> or I may look to, like I said, or I may look to somebody else that, that uh, and I say look to somebody else, I don't even look to other dads that are doing a good job. I look to say, okay, I either think of it figured out myself or I think about what my dad was and then determine from that point when in reality I need to go to God. I need to go to God. And then finally, for all of us, for all of us, whether, you, whether you're a father or not, you still need your Heavenly Father. You still need your Heavenly Father. Because he, he, because he, wants, he wants to be your father. He, you are his son. You are his daughter. And so he wants to show his compassion. He wants to show his correction. He wants to show your generosity. And we don't need to bow up against that. We need to receive it. So here's what we're going to do. This is our invitation, all right? Sharanda, raise your hand. Okay? Benny, raise your hand. Okay? Um, here's what they're for, okay? If you need to put, put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you want to...